administration, the Biden administration. Go, Biden, go. Having it both ways, Jared, because when the gas prices go up, it's got nothing to do with the president. When we see some decline, <laughs> you want him to get the credit. Uh, look, I think that uh, that, that uh, it, it, there's there's no both way thinking here at all. <laughs> Welcome to Gamcast for July 18th. 2022, folks, that is the Biden administration. We're going to talk about that and a bunch of other things. Uh, sorry, a little late getting the show started today. Uh, my power went out, and I had a plumbing issue over the weekend that I've been dealing with. So uh, late getting here, but I didn't want to bag it, so I want to make sure you got a show today. So um, we're going to get you all caught up today. It is a slow news day, so that means, as you know, we have a lot to um, talk about. The weather in Atlanta has been sort of all over the map. It's sunny, and then all of a sudden it acts like it's going to rain, and then it, it doesn't for whatever reason. But as a result of that, it's cooled us off a bit, so that's good. So we're going to talk about the Biden administration and the, ins the literal insanity of it. I mean, the, 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 I never thought I would live long enough to see America be a clown show on the world stage, and unfortunately, somehow I have. I, I don't know if it's because I lived longer than I thought or because America just sunk down uh, faster than anybody could have uh, humanly thought possible. But um, we're going to talk about that, January 6th, uh, Rachel Levine, the transgender stuff, you know, a bunch of other things. Um, let's go ahead and get started with this uh, thing going on with the gas prices. So this has been something that's been going on for a while. You may, you may not know, but if you're on social media, if you're on the Twitter especially, which is dominated by lefties, you're constantly hearing day after day after day of the uh, people around or you know associated with Biden just celebrating the fact that gas prices are down. Oh my God, Biden is the greatest thing in the world because gas prices are down. Now, somebody here finally, as you just heard it to start the show, asked him, like, well, why is it you take credit when it goes down, but when it goes up, it's a multitude of factors, right? And of course, he denies it and said there's there's no, um, what, what did they call it, um, uh, two-way thinking or whatever they called it. Uh, anyway, I, folks, let's just go ahead and, and get this covered, okay? Gas prices are going to go up as long as Democrats have power. That, that's just the end of the story. And the reason it's going to go up is because, one, they hate oil, and B, they want to force us into this green, quote-unquote, energy because it enriches their friends. And their friends, I mean, it literally is as simple as it sounds. It enriches their friends because they're, all their friends are set up in this green energy. And then they make their friends more, more rich, which is good. And then, you know, as an extra added benefit, those people give them campaign donations. So they, they get it coming and going. Nancy Pelosi makes a lot of money on campaign contributions when they come to her, and she makes a lot of money enriching her friends. I mean, she can't lose. In fact, she makes even more money because she's got her husband, Paul Pelosi, who bets on things. But but anyway, so it's going to continue to go up. Part of the reason is because they want to enrich your friends. The other reason is they're insane. We have literally reached the point where it's I – mean, and folks, again, this is not new. This is why, you know, we say we, uh, we cover events of the day through the lens of the Constitution um, – uh, the law and history. You need to know your history. You really need to know all three: the Constitution, the law, and and history to really, really grasp politics. But these days, but the history really helps a lot. So again, I've told you this before, but you got to keep it in mind that Margaret Thatcher once said, I think this was in the '80s or maybe in the '70s, but I think it was the '80s. And, and you know, the Tories had gone on an incredible run. I mean, it was similar to the run that the Democrats did in Congress when they held it from. 
you know, 1933 all the way up to 1994, 61 years or so they held it. Well, the Tories had a, you know, not quite that long a run, folks. I mean, you got you to gotta really pull a grift to get that kind of run. But um, they'd had a pretty good run. And Margaret Thatcher famously said, you know, one of these days, Labor's going to win an election. Let's just hope that when they do, they're sane. And, and she was right. I mean, they eventually did win an election, and, and they were a little bit more sane than they were when they had been out of power for a long time. But the Democrats literally are insane. When we get to the uh, this new marriage act that they've got going, which I'll get to in a moment, you'll see that it's just they, they, they can't keep things straight from one day to the next. But they're going to go up because, one, they want to they enrich their friends and do the Green Deal deal. That's what that's all about. Number two, they're insane. And because they're insane, they, there's a combination of things. One, oil is bad, and so is nuclear. Nuclear is bad. So they hate all the energy alternatives, and whenever you go after a, a, you know, a, a particular energy and you, there's less of it, then the price is going to rise. Now, again, that's what they want, but it is part and partial of their insanity and their desire to enrich their friends, right? And then the other thing that you have to understand about the Democrat Party is, they, again, I've talked about this before. We talked about the novel Darkness at Noon that talks about how great, you know, how much control you can get over the way people think just from one generation to the next. That's one of the points of the book. Ronald Reagan used to say, and I remember when he said this, I, I kind of thought, well, it's a little bit of an exaggeration now. I feel myself a fool to have doubted the Gipper. But, you know, he once said, uh, freedom is never more than one generation from disappearing. And I always thought, oh, come on. You know, in America, get rid of freedom. It would take a lot more than just one generation. But he's looking to be right. And so these, you got a lot of people now. They Honestly, if you're on the Twittersphere, and I am, and I follow, I follow left, right, in between everybody. I mean, I follow the Rachel Maddows. I follow the Brian Tyler Cohen's, all these people, these nutbags. They literally believe that green energy is ready, that the only reason you're gassing up, the only reason that you're – the only reason is that the oil industry has, has basically bribed the politicians to keep them in power. They literally think toe-to-toe, 15-round match, you know, fossil fuel versus green energy, green energy beats it every time. They and they have no understanding that. Listen, I w- I'm a green. I want to. I want to get rid of the fossil fuels and go to the quote unquote cleaner energy. Sure, everything everybody does, but it's got to be ready. And if we converted over to that stuff right now, talking about handmaid's tale, that's exactly where we'd be. But anyway, so just always keep it in mind that the gas price is more sophisticated than you understand. You can't just look at a price of a, a barrel of oil and then necessarily know what the gas price is going to be. They do correlate, but it's not, you know, you're confusing correlation with causation. There's a lot that goes into the price of gas, right? you got to refine it, all these other different things that go in there. So they should kind of sort of, you know, dovetail with each other, but it's not exactly precisely equal. And so, you know, Biden is just using it as a way to excuse himself. But again, I do think the hypocrisy that's pointed out sometimes is, is important to note is that, look, Dude, if you're going to be realistic with us, just say from the beginning, hey, I got nothing to do with the oil price. But I want you to know that that's a lie. I just want to make sure we all stay clear that the Democrats, I wish they were clear. I remember back, again, going back to history, I remember when I was in college in the late 80s, and back then Democrats were very clear about these things. You need to stop using these energy. We need a carbon tax. The reason people drive so much is fuel's too cheap. I mean, that's what they literally used to say. And I, I like Democrats better when they were honest about what they believed. So anyway, the January 6th committee is going to have a hearing on Thursday in prime time. And as you know, I am somewhat of an, an expert on January 6th. I've written a lot about it. I've covered every single hearing. I've got several videos up at the YouTube channel that you can check out. And so we will be um, live streaming as we have the other six. We will be live streaming the, uh, I guess it's the eighth hearing. 
And unfortunately, I hate that because that means I got to stay up to eight o'clock and I got to say I I can't have a drink until probably 10 o'clock whenever they finish. And probably given the way they did last time, they're probably going to go two and a half hours or more, which is sad, but it is what it is. But anyway, so let's listen to a little bit of Dana Bash talking to Representative Elaine Loria about uh, what's going on with January 6th, debunk a little bit of it, and then come back and talk about a little bit more about what's going on with the Democrat Party that's important. Here's Dana Bash talking to Representative Elaine Loria on CNN. This hearing uh, this coming week is the last one planned, but it really seems like you're getting a slew of new information on a daily (laughs) basis. Do you expect we're going to see more? Um, okay, so, you know, it's just so funny, these CNN types. And I know some people are saying that the CNN is, is changing and CNN is, is kind of going to the middle and away from the dark side. Um, I, I don't see that. And, and I, 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 I haven't seen it in their coverage. I mean, here and there, they'll occasionally stumble into some journalism. You know, like every once in a while, Jake Tapper will do something journalistic and people just like, you know, praise him to the heavens. And don't be fooled. I mean, they're not doing that. And the other problem is, again, we talk about this darkness at noon idea. We, you, know, we, you know, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are, right? And so the culture they've created at CNN um, after Zucker got over there and went all Trump all the time in 2015, they've now got a culture. Now, folks, you may say, oh, it's just seven years. CNN's been around. I remember, you know, Darth Vader was doing the advertisements and the voiceover back in the day. I remember. Yeah, that's true. But, folks, when you have somebody take over, seven years is a lot. I mean, I think you go back seven years ago, little Brian Stelter, little Brian Stelter was probably still in college. His entire career, almost, would span seven years, okay? So a lot of those people, they spent a long time doing this. It's not going to be easy for them to switch over to, oh, now we have to call both sides. Now we have to be honest about what's going on now now we have to i mean they're they're just not gonna be able to convert to that so then you get dana bash here she's like oh it just seems like we're learning new information all the time what planet is she on i've been following january 6th very closely from the very beginning and i we've written articles wrote articles last december when we when we learned that january 6th is not just about the capitol rally that got out of control it's also about section three of the 14th amendment where if you engage in insurrection you're no longer eligible for state or federal office and so we had, you know, uh, uh, Mark Elias go around and trying to get people kicked off of ballots, right? We saw from the very beginning, early on, they started talking about this idea of challenging Biden's certification as an insurrection and a coup. I mean, these are things that, you know, you, you I mean, nobody, folks, when was the last time anybody talked about the 12th Amendment? I mean, seriously. I mean, it's interesting in our lifetime. And when was the last time somebody talked about the election of 1800? In the election of 1800, um, Thomas Jefferson and Aaron Burr ended up tied in the Electoral College because of a quirk of fate where for the first time, instead of used to be under the original Constitution, when you voted, the person who finished first was the president. The finished person that finished second in the Electoral College was the vice president. So your vice president... Um, except for the first time, because, you know, Washington really didn't have a rival, right? I mean, so the first two wasn't a big deal. But for the third one, um, we all know John Adams was the second president of the United States. His vice president was the guy that ran against him, right, and actually did pretty well in the election, almost beat him, right? That was his vice president. So they decided, well, it's not a good idea to have political rivals, because after Washington, the first president, you know, after that, you had people that were rivals. So the next time, in the election of 1800, they had people run on tickets. Well, they didn't figure out, right, because a lot of times when you do things 
and you mess up, you learn and you correct. Well, they didn't figure it out, in fact. And so when they voted in the Electoral College, they, they ended up tied, right? Because uh, Jefferson had, I think, 73 electoral votes, and so did Burr because they were on the same ticket. You, you could only vote for Burr and Jefferson. That was it. And so long story short, eventually it got to the House. And in and, and the Federalist Party, right, which was the opposite of the Democrat Republicans or so-called Jeffersonians, just for spite, they kept voting for Aaron Burr so that the House kept ended up tied. And so you literally had a guy everybody knew had run for VP tied with the person everybody had known had won. Eventually, Alexander Hamilton said, guys, come on, come, knock it off. I mean, he was a Federalist. He was a John Adams guy. And he said, look, we can't do this. We know what's right. Somebody here, stop you know, voting for Aaron Burr and let's get Jefferson to be the president and move on. They did. And then, of course, they passed the 12th Amendment. And then later they passed the Electoral Cat Act of 1887, which, by the way, it came out, I believe, late last week or over the weekend that they have a deal with some rhinos, the 60 they need. They're talking about amending the Electoral Count Act of 1887. Of course, when they do that, we will bring that to you uncovered. I have not seen anything. I've just heard that that's what's going on. So anyway, Dana Bash talking about news coming out all the time. Uh, no, there's nothing new to come out. We know everything now. At this point, there's nothing left to know. And we covered this hoax a long time ago. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's one of their known hoaxes. They take something, and there's nothing new about it other than maybe one other person confirms it. So just, I mean, I'm going to let her go on a little bit, but I, I want you to understand what the, how this hoax works. The best example I can give you, and on our YouTube channel, we've got one of our most popular videos up there is um, Anatomy of a Hoax, the Jenny Thomas thing. So what happens with Jenny Thomas is, Jenny Thomas is very active in conservative circles. She always has been from the very beginning. That's how they met, I think, is that she's a big conservative, and Clarence Thomas is a big conservative. Well, she, of course, communicated with conservatives. And so after the um, election, Trump was trying to challenge the certification and all these other things. Eventually, they came up with the plot to go to the uh, electoral count, vote count, and try to have alternate slates. We talked about this many, many times before. So we all know about that. And we all know that they were talking about it. And we all know that various people talked about it. So there's nothing new there. We've known that for months upon months upon months. In fact, I've got in that Jenny Thomas, if you go check it out, and I've got done it in other videos for January 6th, we knew back in November of 2020 because the freaking New York Times was reporting it, right? They weren't hiding that. So this is not new. What will happen is, though, they'll come up with somebody else's text messages will be leaked. And it's almost always leaked. So it's not new. They know about it, but they'll just leak it. And then they'll go, oh, so here's another person telling us the same information we've known for a year and a half. Well, that's not new news, folks. That's not new information. In other words, let's just say hypothetically right now, as we sit here today, I'm looking at my watch. It is uh, just it's a little bit, uh, 12 till uh, 7 o'clock on January or July 18th, 2022. Let's say hypothetically we know of a thousand people that had in some way emailed or texted with the Trump administration about challenging Biden's certification on January 6th. If tomorrow we learn that there were actually 1,001 people or 1,002 people, have we learned any new information? No. Not unless that person is very, very significant. But they're not, and it's never anybody new. We already now know that everybody you know, has talked about this. There's no new information. The other thing that's going on here, and I think the January 6th committee, if you've been listening to our live streams, you've gotten this analysis. But if you haven't, I'm going to give it to you folks here today. These people are completely deluded. They have no idea how boring these hearings are. They have no idea how unriveting they are, right? I mean, 
We all know what happened. We were there to witness it, right? And the, the biggest problem they have, and this is really kind of sad and unintuitive, the biggest problem they have is that they're doing a show trial. If they had Jim Jordan on there or Matt Gates or somebody who was dynamic to cross-examine these witnesses and to bring out problems that they'd have, it would be far better TV and far more interesting. Now, it would be no less of a show trial and it would be no less tragic, but at least would be interesting. Right. And so these people, they just they're like children. They, they keep getting caught with their hand in the cookie jar and they just can't seem to realize what's going on. And, and to hear Dana Bash like, oh, we're getting stuff new and we'll have more hearings. Of course, they're going to have more hearings because they can't help themselves. They can't just go, all right, this wasn't a good idea. Let's ride off into the sunset because they've had this situation where they just constantly can just invent whatever they want. They just keep inventing this thing. They just keep going back to the well. So anyway, let them continue a little bit. and We'll move on to some other things. Um, so this is the last in the series um, that we put together um, where we laid out a framework uh, to describe the different elements of the events leading up to and on that day. Um, certainly, we are receiving new information every single day, um, even you know, day by day, incorporating more <laughs> of that new information into what we'll present on Thursday. So Completely we will off. definitely uh, be hearing from the committee again um, that you know timeline or whether it's in the form of hearings or other methods to present the evidence. All right. So anyway, th th you heard her. I mean, th th there's nothing more. So they're going to keep going on, I guess. I mean, th th there's a there's a great article that we covered on Friday from Roy Teixeira, the liberal patriot on Substack, about how they're now the party of, you know, abortion and, and, and January 6th. You know, I don't get it. I, they, they literally, at this point, take the loss, wrap it up, issue the report, move on. But, you know, they're not going to do that. So um, this is going to be difficult for me to do for y'all that are listening on the podcast, but I think I can pull it off. But it, it was so important. I really wanted to put it on the show today. Um, I'm going to describe a little bit voiceover here. For those of you on YouTube, obviously you're looking at it. Um, I don't know who this person is. It's Epstein's sheet or something. I don't know. Uh, Jersey Joe at Jersey Joe 1234 at Jersey Joe 1234. Anyway, this is a robot and it's a walking human robot. It looks uh, kind of like the, you know, poor man's version of the Terminator, if you will. And um, it walks a little awkwardly and whatnot, but I'm going to let you listen to it in a minute. But basically, there are about five human beings that are with this robot. And this robot is, it looks like it's in a target range. And you're going to hear it, it this, I'm going to describe it as, it as it happens, but basically as an overview, they are going to, at various times, give this robot a firearm. In one case, I think they give them a rifle, a shotgun, at one point a handgun. And this robot then goes and tries to hit targets. And folks, it doesn't miss. Now, there's two things that happen while the video is going. I think you'll be able to hear them. If not, I'll try to voice them over for those that are on the podcast. But... Constantly, they're giving this guy obstacles. So they're knocking him over. They're hitting him on the head. Sometimes they get him down, and he has to get back up. And he does on his own without any help. Sometimes he doesn't go to the ground. He's just stunned for a minute. Uh, so it's pretty fascinating that he can take all the fire and still be accurate. And the other thing is he's apparently trained not to fire on humans. So several instances, he's looking to plink a target, and somebody will stand in front of the target, and he will not fire. He stops dead in his tracks. Person moves, bing, bing, bing. So anyway, I'm going to let you listen to it, and then I'm going to tell you what, what the reason this scared me a little bit and thought you really need to hear about this kind of thing. Anyway, take a listen. You can hear him walking very heavily there. Robot's walking. They gave him a loaded handgun. <laughs> 
He grabs it on his own. Doesn't need any help to get it. Plink. All right, they just kicked him to the ground. They're twisting him around, twisting him around. Plank. Now they're hitting him in the head with objects. Not bothering him. That one knocked him. He still hit the target. Just tossed him a shotgun. Barrel went over. He missed the target because of the barrel knocked him over. He gets back up. Target, target. Human steps in front of it. He stops. Human moves away. Target, target. Human runs dead at him. Kicks him over to somebody else that hits him. Bumps into the human. He will not fire. He's being kicked back and forth. Hit on the head by the humans. Human has a weapon. Fires at his feet. He will not fire. Got the weapon dead pointed at him. He will not fire at the human. Human moves away. He fires the targets. Anyway, um, I'm going to stop it. But, um, folks, I... The person that, that sent the tweet said, mind-blowing display, these developers have balls. <laughs> That's an understatement. Um, to me, it scared the heck out of me because what, what, what it means is is you can train this robot now, uh, very much so, to go out and do what you want it to do. And you can train who to shoot and who not to shoot. And when it can do that, and it can, when it understands I'm to hit the metal targets and I am not to hit humans, if they step, I'm to stop. If they come after me, I'm to not, I'm to not, you know, resist. I'm not to shoot. I mean, that's incredible, folks. If you saw that on YouTube, that that that, that probably blew you away. I hope it came across on the podcast. Let's move on in case it didn't. So this brings us to um, Rachel Levine, and I started today. The Democrat Party is crazy. So if you saw it over the weekend, uh, it may have been Friday. Um, Rachel Levine and uh, Sam Britton, I believe, is his name, who's also LGBTQ plus whatever the, the other stuff is. And um, he's a like a cross-dresser. I'm not really, I think he's bi- non-binary, whatever that means. I'm not really sure what he is. But he's, basically, these are both men that, that sort of operate as women. They went over to Bastille Day in France and represented the country. And folks, you know, if you've seen the picture, it just, it's just, just sad. But um, anyway, Rachel Levine was asked uh, by Andrea Mitchell over the weekend about what transgender children face and um, we've talked about this a little bit, not not enough really. So you probably already know that you know the whole LGBTQ thing. We're taking away the stigma to it, and because of that, um, a lot more children now are identifying as LGBTQ. I mean, far more than ever have in human history. So we're we're making it cool and bringing more people out there. And so a lot of us, you know, are, are concerned. I think rightfully so. I mean, if somebody has a you know a gender you know dysphoria or an issue with their gender. I mean they they need care and they need help and I I don't want them to be bullied or discriminated against. Far from it, right? I want them to get the help they need. But we've gotten to the point now where we're encouraging it. And then, well, we're doing this. Take a listen. Uh, about transgender Americans because you're the first openly transgender official confirmed by the United States Senate. In a recent op-ed, you urge people to base medical decisions and public statements on real data and compassion rather than slander. And you spoke to trans youth in Florida recently. Tell us what you told them. Well, you know, it, it, trans youth are, are vulnerable, um, and they suffer significant harassment and bullying uh, sometimes in schools or in their community. They have. All right, first off, I don't believe that. I, I'm sorry, I don't believe it. I, I do not believe 
that there's rampant bullying of trans youth in schools. I, I would have believed it 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, I, I might have, you know, but no way, not now. Not, not the way that the schools are wired. I, I think it's quite the opposite. I bet you kids are scared to death to say or even breathe in somebody's direction. So I, I think she's lying. But let's let's go ahead and give her. You know, let's just say maybe she, maybe she's exaggerating a little bit. Maybe she's misinformed. Let, let's see if this is just you know a, a miscommunication here. Mental health issues, but there's nothing inherent with being transgender or gender diverse which would predispose youth to depression or anxiety. It is what now now folks. This is not funny anymore. I mean we've we've literally gotten to the point where this is dangerous. Now obviously obviously. I mean, this, this is the party of science. If you are confused about what your flipping gender is, your gender identity, I'm not talking about your sexuality. We're way past that now, okay? I'm talking about your gender identity. Do you, are you a male or you are female? Or you, Folks, obviously, you've got some issues. Now, God bless and Godspeed get you the help you need. Got, nobody's got a problem with that. But to say that you're you're no more likely to be depressed, that I mean, I grew up in a very very you know difficult family situation with divorce, and my father was an alcoholic and drug addict and stuff. I mean, to say that that children that grow up in that environment are, are no more likely to have problems. What the hell? I mean, are you kidding me? Of course, I witnessed it. I saw it. Now it's, it's okay. I mean, you have families, you deal with it, and you move on. You I mean, you do what you have to do. But a person who comes along and says, oh, well, it, it, it couldn't be the fact of the alcoholism, the drug addiction, and it couldn't have been that. There's nothing to do with it. Those, those kids are no more. I mean, this is, not, this is literally insane. I mean, this, this person is literally Rachel Levine, whatever she is or he is or whatever. This person literally sees, you know, a bonfire and his solution or hers, whatever. I can't, I can't, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not pretending, folks. I'm really not pretending. I can't understand. My brain just won't wrap this stuff around. There's some things you just can't do, and I, I can't do it. Like, I, I, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. But, and I don't mean it doesn't make any sense to me that I can't imagine in some universe this whatever he is thinks he's a man and, or woman or, or all that. What I can't get in is into the whole he and the she and the this and the that. Right. Like, I, I'm sorry if you are born with a Y chromosome, you are a man. If you want to dress up and do whatever. I mean, I, I don't really care as long as you don't bring it into my you know, realm. I mean, I don't really care. You do what you want to do. But when you start telling me I got to call you by different pronouns, all this stuff, I, it just confuses me. And I, I wouldn't know how to do it if I wanted to. But anyway, this person is literally pouring gasoline on that fire making it worse. So imagine imagine that. And I, we're going to get to why he's doing it in a minute. But before that, just imagine. You know, they say, I, I, I think until recently I never understood the Hippocratic Oath. Now I do. Right? Physician, first do no harm. And this person, literally, I don't know what's going on with his or her life, but, you know, okay, get, get the help you need. Okay, you know what? You've somehow figured a grift. You've got to be like an admiral, and you got this great government job, and you got this power, and you're going around. Okay, you know. Can you at least do no harm? Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to do harm. And here's why. He, he basically lets us... Harassment and bullying. Now they're suffering politically motivated attacks through state uh, actions against these vulnerable transgender youth. This anyway, is- I, I, I can't listen to any more of that, folks. So now, if you are a rational human being who comes and, you know, 
to, to what I'm doing. The basically says, look, you can't do this. You, you, you're encouraging this. You're making this. You're now it, they're, they're the ones that are making it political. And, and unfortunately, folks, it works. I wish it didn't, but it does work. I mean, it, they basically use our values against them, and there's a good example of it. So anyway, um, if you notice the, the nuts that you know, you're, you're using it as a political football. So anyway, so um, Nancy's house has been doing a lot of things. It, it, this has really probably been... I know in my lifetime, maybe in human history, the worst House of Representatives of all time. And, I, and I'm not saying that to be a political partisan. I mean, I've seen some pretty bad houses. and they, they, But the, Nancy's is by far the worst. And the reason is because they, 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 typically, they tend to pass three pieces of legislation that are, that are, you know, one is just completely left-wing, communism, socialist, garbage stuff that's not going to go anywhere. Two, they, they pass legislation that is just completely ridiculous. You know, uh, the Anti-Gouging Act of 2022, right? They make the Great American Mall seven feet tall of 20. I mean, just, it's like, what? You can't even do that if you wanted to do that. Like, you know, well, we're going to, lo- you know, the Lower uh, Gas Prices for Citizens Act of 2022. And you're just sitting there like, what what are you talking about? You can't pass an act and get rid of cancer. In cancer in our time, 2022, passes 215 to 205. Can you believe every Republican voted against ending cancer? I mean, we're, we're trying to end cancer as we know it. And, you know, so, so that's the second thing you do. Well, the third thing they do is what they're doing now, I'm about to tell you about, is they're completely they're complete hypocrites. And you have to know a little bit of history on this one, a little bit of the law, a little bit of the Constitution to know why. But I'm going to break it down. It's going to take me a little while here. But so anyway, so they apparently, this is uh, from the HouseJudiciary.gov, read more about the Respect for Marriage Act, which would repeal the Defense of Marriage Act, DOMA. I'm going to tell you about DOMA. Uh, struck down in Windsor. So um, why do you need to repeal it if it's already been struck down? But let's set that aside. Codify Loving. Loving versus Virginia is the case where it was declared that um, not allowing people to marry based on race was unconstitutional, properly decided, I believe. And Obergefell, right, marriage between people of the same sex. Well, um, you see, you don't need to codify it because the Supreme Court said in Obergefell, right, 2013 case, that um, a state can't outlaw gay marriage, that a state has to let people of the same sex marry. So if the Supreme Court has made that a constitutional right, then there's nothing for you to do. All right, so let's go back and explain what's going on here in, in greater detail. First and foremost, the House does not, the Congress, period, right? The United States federal government has no power to regulate marriage in the first flipping place. That's the point. That's the biggest point. Like, just think about it. Where in the Constitution does it say in any of the articles that Congress shall have the power? Article 1, of course, is the first one that covers Congress. Where do they have the power to do it? It doesn't, and they don't. So that's the end of the story, really. You don't really need to get more into that. Um, so, But how would we know that? Well, the reason we would know that is the Defense of Marriage Act. The Defense of Marriage Act was some states back in the middle to late 90s. Bill Clinton was the president. He was in his second term. And some states were starting to allow people to um, marry, even though they were the same, uh, same gender. And so some states were doing that. And a lot of states were like, whoa, whoa, we're not doing that. You're not coming over here getting marriage benefits because we don't recognize that marriage, right? And so the House got together, and the, you know, back then it was controlled by the Republicans, and they decided they would do the Defense of Marriage Act and basically say that a state doesn't need to recognize the marriage of another. It was, it was a big hullabaloo that went on back then. Anyway, it was very popular. It passed overwhelmingly. Clinton signed it. It was not particularly controversial. Anyway, over time, a lot more states started to recognize gay marriage. Gay marriage picked up speed. And eventually, 
in a case called uh, United States versus Windsor, the Supreme Court five to four struck down the Defense of Marriage Act, specifically that part in Section three that said uh, it, you did not have to recognize a marriage from another state if it was in two individuals. Anyway, because the Democrats flipped, the Obama administration flipped and didn't defend DOMA, right? And the other Democrats wanted to push it and get it um, declared unconstitutional, right? Because of that, it was the Supreme Court that basically said in the United States versus Windsor that the Democrats pushed for an answer on it, said, hey, um, we're striking this down because, A, it's denying equal protection, but, B, um, you don't have any authority to do this. This is a state thing. The states can do it, but you can't do it, right? So now the same Democrats who wanted it struck down, wanted the Defense of Marriage Act struck down, are now coming and going, oh, well, we're going to pass this and regulate marriage. But in Windsor, the Supreme Court said you can't because you don't have the authority. And now you're going back. So, again, a little bit of an example of, of hypocrisy on their part. But um, I don't think it'll go anywhere. It'll get stuck in the Senate. They won't get 10 people to sign on to this. I don't think. But they might. I mean, who knows? It'll be interesting to see if they do. Um, this is along the lines of codifying Roe. They have no authority to codify Roe either. But, you know, the Democrats like to do a lot of things that they have um, no power to do. So anyway, um, I got through things a lot quicker today than I thought. I'm, um, so we're going to end the show a little early. But I wanted to stop with um, w one thing that uh, I tweeted out, I, I heard over the weekend, and I read somewhere. I don't have the article, um, but uh, I pulled up the tweet. So it turns out professors are now objecting to identifying ancient human remains by biological gender because they can't determine how a person identified at that time. Now, folks, you know, our universities are just lost. I mean, you want to talk about a golf ball in high grass, that's it. I mean, they are just lost and never to be found. I, Folks, you know, it used to be, you know, the bright people, they would go and, and they would, they would I mean, literally, the, the idea of college back in the day was really to do research. And then somebody said, well, let's let's go some people go and learn from those people and then they can carry on the traditions. And then it became, well, you know, I mean, these people are your diet and, you know, maybe we'll have them teach classes here and there while they do their research. And then, you know, it, and it's grown now to the point where these people almost get nothing done. I mean, you you used to at least get some research and you, you, lose, you get used to get some actual training. Now, believe me, when I went to school and I was in the University of North Carolina system, which is very, very leftist. But, you know, I, I got a pretty good classical education. Back in those days, like, okay, yeah, 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 all right, you know, you get the A for day, just stop talking, and, you know, you because know, I would, I would, the teachers would say all these things, especially on political things, that, you know, I would disagree with them, and they, they, they'd get backed into a corner, and they'd just go, okay, we don't want to talk about it anymore. And eventually, they just learned, I'm not kidding, I got told several times, like, yeah, you're fine, just, you're going to get your A, just be quiet. And I was like, okay, whatever, I don't really care as long as I'm getting my A, you can say whatever you want. But, they were left, but they, they, by and large, would stick to the topic. So if you were learning economics, they would do economics. If you were earning, learning uh, literature, you would get literature, you know. And then, you know, but now I, I think it's just gotten to the point where, I mean, think about that. This isn't a bio biology. And I can tell you, too, because I, I did a lot of sciences because I was pre-med to start and eventually switched over to law. But, you know, in the sciences, those guys were mostly apolitical, but they were very rational people. So I'm pretty sure most of them voted Republican. You know, um, and now you know these people like we can't identify remains because we don't know how they identified. I mean, how are you how are you even going to categorize things if you can't do studies of ancient human beings based on something as simple as gender? Anyway, um, folks, you were basically all caught up to date <laughs> with the first couple of stories because there's just not a lot going on. A lot of people are on vacation. 
You know, and I think a lot of people are resting up for the political season to start in earnest because we got like another month of primary season, and then that's when after you know, maybe mid mid August to end of August, you know, um, September and October, that two months, that's like where they really go balls to the wall with their campaigning. And so I think that's what's going to, you know, the media will pick it up then. But um, anyway, you are all caught up to date with all the news of the day. And if you enjoyed this live stream, I hope you tune back in tomorrow.